You're listening to Inside Real Estate with Lori Patrick on 980 CJME. News, talk, sports. Lori, good to see you again. How have you been? Hi, Dave. Great. Excellent. Lori Patrick with me from Century 21 Dome Realty, Inc. As we roll through another edition of Inside Real Estate. And I know the final, final numbers aren't in yet for January, but how was the first month of 2019? Well, I was looking at them today and looked at last year's January full month, and looked at this year's January full month, and I believe we are on track to sell more this year than last year. Now, uh, right now, we're not quite at the closed sales, so but there's a lot of conditional that will likely go firm in the next few days, and I believe we will top them. There were 142 last year. We have about 127 right now firm, mm-hmm. but there's a good 70-some outstanding that'll go firm. Oh, okay. now, not all of them will, but enough of them will, I think we're going to surpass the number. Well, you know, and that's, in, in a way, it's good news for everyone. I mean, good news for sellers, obviously, because it's been a buyer's market for so long. But it seems to me when things are a little more balanced or close to balanced, life gets a little easier. It does, actually. It really does. You know, for all involved, buyers, sellers, agents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're a buyer in a buyer's market, obviously, it favors you. But sometimes a little bit more balanced, it's easier to work for with everybody. We're still under still under 1,100 or under 1,200 inventories, so it's mm-hmm. staying down. I don't want to predict it's going to stay there. Obviously, I think it might increase some, but there might be slight signs that we're starting to level off a bit. It's starting to balance out a little bit more. Yeah, and it's still, again, not balanced by any stretch at this stage, still a buyer's market, and sellers need to be aware of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The sellers still need to treat it as a buyer's market because the buyers certainly are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, It is very nuanced, though. Um, You know, I have different sets of buyers right now, and one couple comes to mind. We're looking for something, and it's not like it's something, you know, unusual, Mm -hmm. but there is not a lot. I can find them right now. We're in the, we've seen everything, so waiting stage. So some pockets of the market are actually pretty good for sellers. Is that by type or style of home or type of location or kind of a combination of both? Be a combination of both. This, the, you know, what they're looking for, like I say, it's it's not as common as, say, all the multifamily we have on the market. Mm-hmm. But it's, and it's a little less, little, you know, there's less of them in house styles. Right. But they're not uncommon. You know, we're looking for a bungalow in certain areas and we just aren't having any luck. Mm. It's funny because I think that's the assumption that a lot of people make is they go, oh, it's a buyer's market. There's lots of everything everywhere. Not necessarily. There's always kind of sweet spots, you know, there's pockets where, wow, there is a lot of competition here, lots of homes available in this style type and location. Mm -hmm. And in other cases, no, in that style and kind of location areas you're looking, eh, there's not that much. And it really depends on the circumstances surrounding it. Oh, exactly. You know, um, the buyer I had last week when he contacted me and he wanted an apartment style condo, well... I knew I was going to have no problems finding him something for a good price. But mm-hmm. These uh, particular buyers were just waiting it out. So that market is actually fairly tight for buyers. Right. You know, we have to wait for the right one to come up and we've seen them. You can kind of paint everything with a broad brush. You it, can't. It's so specific. And that's where, you know, the expertise in your track record come in because you know exactly what is available day to day to day, in some cases, hour to hour. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, when I get the call, I kind of, in the back of my head, think, okay, I'm going to have might have to dig around here to find something to show them, and or I know I'm going to have ample inventory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it just depends on what they're looking for. And so you can't, you like you say, you can't paint it with a broad brush. It's, it's nuanced. There's pockets that are good. There's a lot in some corners of the market, and that keeps the numbers up. But overall, the housing market's not too bad. Mm. You know, and, and st- as always, I mean, sellers have to 
prepare their home for a listing. Uh, I mean, it's just something that I think people kind of maybe know, but might not really know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, we should clean it and vacuum. Exactly. Yeah. Especially in a buyer's market, the sellers need to prepare the home for listing. Little things like make sure the appliances are working. If you can, if you've got some spare paint and there's some touch ups you can make, do it because it's just an overall appearance and some buyers will mercilessly pick them apart Mm -hmm. and actually want compensation for any perceived defect and they're not reasonable. But because and especially in in some particular markets, they have a lot of choice. Mm -hmm. They can be that way. Yeah. So don't give them the opportunity. Yeah, one of the smallest, simplest things, make sure your front door works. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's I, how many times, and you've gone to visit somebody, oh, oh, yeah, I just give the door a little, you know, a little nudge, and it'll, you know, or to close it or something like that. And it's something so basic. And when you've been living there for so long and day in, day in, day out, you don't necessarily notice it anymore. It becomes almost like white noise. It's just part of what it is. Oh, yeah. It, it, it doesn't occur to you because you've been living with it for years. Yeah. But there is one uh, current transaction I'm involved in, and we and it was a tough negotiation from the beginning. Mm. Back and forth, back and forth, incremental amounts, you know, up a little, buyer would come up, seller would come down a little. So it just started to get everybody was at kind of heightened frustration at this point. And eventually we finally got it together. Mm-hmm. And so we put it together. But it's one of those situations where I don't know how good everybody feels about it when you put it together. Yeah. Probably the buyer was a little bit more satisfied with the deal they got. And I was working for the buyer. So I'm happy to get the job done for the buyer. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you've made the, the seller kind of put them back in their heels that much, then you go on to the home inspection and you start all over again with going through the, the home inspection report and picking it apart and going back and I want some more money and, and can you repaint it and why doesn't this work? And that's why I'm saying to sellers, if it's small things like that and you're able to and you have the funds or the time, make sure the sliding patio door works mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because then the buyer doesn't have an opportunity to say, you need to replace that patio door or I want you to repaint this this apartment, you know? And so it's just... And now we're dealing with a seller who's probably not in the mood because of the way the first negotiation went right. to come back and, and start renegotiating again over what they perceive to be minor points. And overall probably are minor points, but I understand the buyers want to get the best deal for themselves, mm-hmm. obviously. And I'm working for the buyer, but sometimes, you know, going that sort of hard tactic doesn't work for you in the end. Well, see, and the thing is too, and I think maybe there's still some misconceptions about, you know, what is a home inspection for? It's to find things that weren't visible to you. The classic is, you know, a cracked heat exchanger in a furnace. Right. Or some structural issues or de- that you didn't know existed because you couldn't walk through and see it. I mean, if you want a new coat of paint on the walls, you've already seen that. You know, the time to negotiate on that is not after the building inspection comes in. Well, right. And, and this is something I always try to point out to buyers. We're buying a used house. There's going to be issues. We saw the paint job. We saw the chipped countertop. We know of these things. On this long list after the home inspection, there was a few items that were legitimate. Okay, Mm. let's use these. We can't use those. I mean, that's not something that's reasonable because we saw it and we based our offer on it, on some of these things, right? you knew they were there and you saw them. We knew that they were there. We saw them. They were quite obvious. We had plenty of opportunity to look at the property. So let's be reasonable and go back and see if we can get some more off for the things that we couldn't see. Mm Mm-hmm. And by, you know, and so now we're having to kind of justify to the seller, which is, of course, obviously legitimate. But again, from the first negotiation, you're, you're not, you're going in with somebody that's already kind of tired of negotiating with you. Yeah, yeah, and you in particular. And, and so then sometimes buyers end up losing it or the seller just digs in and says, you know, never mind, I'm going to sell it to somebody else. 
And, you know, even in a market like this, you know, where, again, buyer's market, we say sellers will hit that point where they'll just go, I don't care who buys it, and I don't care if somebody ends up paying $3,000 less or, or whatever, they're not buying this They home. hit a breaking point. Yeah, it happens. They just hit a point where they go, it, that's it. It does happen. And so you try to, to counsel the buyers. Obviously, we're going to get the best possible deal we can for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a, there's a line where it starts to be, you're starting to work against yourself a little bit. Well, and the thing is, too, is, you know, you say that the market is still nuanced. It may be your dream home. It might have been the home you wanted. And if you push and push and push a little too much, try to get that pencil a little too sharp, uh, sometimes you'll lose that home. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Listen, so much more we're going to talk about, kind of doing a little look back for January. And uh, sometimes when a good thing seems like a good thing, maybe it is a good thing. We're going to talk a little bit about that, too. Great. Looking to buy or sell, turn the key. Call Lori today, 591-5192. The website, lorisells.ca. Back with more of Inside Real Estate with Lori Patrick of Century 21 Dome Realty, Inc. after this. You're listening to Inside Real Estate with Lori Patrick on 980 CJME. News, talk, sports. Laurie, as always, great having you in. Laurie Patrick with me from Century 21 Dome Realty, Inc. on this edition of Inside Real Estate. Uh, we were kind of taking a, a bit of a look back at January. You're saying the market is maybe getting a little more balanced right now. Still a buyer's market. Yes. But maybe kind of becoming a little more I, balanced. I see a little a little light on the horizon maybe for the sellers. Well, you're anticipating kind of once everything is final and firm and everything else that there may actually be more sales this January than last January. I believe there will be, yes. See? And that's a positive sign. I'll check that in a few days. Once you see, yeah, okay, yeah, everything was <laughs> removed, everything's gone through, and then, you know, that's, that's the official I'll one. I'll have the exact number in a few days, yeah. yeah. You know, I wonder sometimes, you know, for sellers in a market like this and like it has been for 18 months or or so where it's been a buyer's market and you're getting some offers that you might consider low. How often do you think sellers dismiss things out of hand and then maybe go, "Mm, you know, I maybe should have thought about that one a little more? It happens fairly often with sellers and and it's something that we see a lot of and we, we try to educate them on. Sellers need to not be so quick to dismiss the first offer that comes in on their property mm-hmm. if it's reasonable and a fair offer and if it comes in quickly after mm-hmm. they list. They, they get the key, reasonable and fair offer. Reasonable and fair offer, yeah. yeah. It has to be recently. You know, I'm not talking about anybody needs to be accepting something that's well below market value or low-balled offers. But if it's a reasonable, fair offer, just because you've only been on the market for five days or three days or a week, don't dismiss it out of hand because you think, oh, there'll be more coming. Let's wait. Is that kind of human nature too? It where is. It's just, oh, okay, so that's the first offer. Oh, I wonder what the second and third offer will They get overconfident and it will try to explain them. There's a saying in real estate, and it's not always true, but mm-hmm. it's true enough that it occurs is your first offer is your best offer. And we'll try to say that sometimes if we think it's a reasonable or I will to sellers, Mm -hmm. this is a reasonable offer. Don't dismiss it out of hand just because we're only a few days on the market. But they think, oh, the overconfidence kicks in. We've just listed these people want it. Wow, there's going to be so many more that come along. Maybe we can squeeze out another few thousand or 5,000 or, you know, however many, whatever price range you're in, they're thinking generally from the higher price range, they think they can squeeze out a little bit more money. Yeah. lower price range, you know, they might counter for a small amount where in the long run, it's not going to do you any good. And what happens, and I've talked about this before in the show, is I have what I call the always there buyers. So, and I have a number of them. Mm-hmm. 
So like the ones I was talking about in the first segment, we've looked at all the inventory for our price range location and what we're after. We've seen it all. We've dismissed it all. Now we're waiting. Mm -hmm. We're waiting for new inventory to come on or maybe something that we've seen that we think is overpriced to reduce. So we're waiting. So there's always buyers sitting waiting. So these people list their property and they think, wow, all these people are rushing to it, which there can be, but these buyers are fairly savvy. Yeah, by they the know stage the market. of the game, they're always their buyer. They know the market. They've watched the pricing. They know what pricing's well. They've been waiting, so they're happy something's here that they like. They make a fair offer. They're not usually playing around, mm-hmm. and then the seller starts getting overconfident, and they dismiss it and think there's more coming. Yeah. There isn't more coming all the time. Yeah, not necessarily, and sometimes there might be, but again, that's, might be. you need to be guided by your agent, and that's yes. why you need an agent with the track record and the experience. Interview your agents, ask for referrals, referrals, get some testimonials from that agent, hire them, and then listen to them. That's what part of that's the big part of that lesson. Listen to them. So when you're a seller and you get this quick offer and I get the temptation to be overconfident and think you listed it too low or I can get more money. There's countless stories. There was one um, this week I, I met with a private sale, private owner, for sale by owner. And I he, he was out looking at houses that he cannot buy until his house sells. Mm-hmm. It hasn't sold and he doesn't have it on the market. So he's pretty much doing everything wrong. Yeah. So we spent a fair amount of time talking and I was, you know, hopefully bringing him around to the right way of thinking. But I asked him, what, what's your feedback then? How, how is the listing been going? How, have you been getting a lot of calls? And he said to me, uh, he got an offer early on and he countered it, didn't take it. And he regretted it because now he's sat on, on the site for a couple of months He's reduced to under what that original offer, offer was, was, and he's kicking himself, and he said flat out. I mean, sometimes they won't admit it, so I was giving him credit. He yep. was saying, I, I should have taken it. It was foolish, and now I'm going to end up taking less, and I've been in the house for another six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it was. So they, they just need to listen to their agent when they're telling them something. There might not be 10 other bird in the hand, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's just it, and I think part of the saying, first offer is the best offer, because it's an offer. Right. You know, in that sense, you've, you've got an offer on the property. You've got an offer on the property in this market and for the type of property that he had, he should have been taking it. Yeah. Well, and again, again, I, you know, I, I feel bad for sale by, for, for sale by owners because they find themselves getting caught, you know, on either side of this in, in ways they really don't need to be. They need to be with an agent. You they know? need to be with an agent. And he conceded that, that he was going to list soon, but they didn't have the advice. They think that they can, and you know... I'm not saying people don't understand and and can't do some of these things, but we know more. We know what the market's like. We know what buyers are like. We know all the complicated steps you have to go through with the offer, what can happen, what can fall apart, all the liabilities issues that come with it. You're setting yourself up there sometimes Mm -hmm. quite a bit. So this is our profession. We do know more. We are professionals. I have a long track record. Hire a professional and listen to their advice. Well, you know, especially, well, I shouldn't say especially, but I mean, for buyers, it doesn't cost you a cent. No, right. You can get the top agent in the city for free. Exactly. Yeah. No, buyers, uh, especially, I don't understand if they're not working with an agent. If they're not with an agent. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've trained all my buyers. If they see a for sale by owner, well, usually I'll have found something. I'll I'll see it before them, but Mm -hmm. they'll call me. They won't go in there without me because they know. They know the pitfalls and and, uh, sometimes they've come to me after having experienced some of those. Well, and that's because you, you've taken the time to sit down and, and educate them and tell them more about the way the market works and what those pitfalls, the potential pitfalls are. Oh, yes. Yeah. Educate them. Tell them how the market works. Tell them how sellers work. Tell them how the private market works. The, the, the licensed market, we're far more regulated. There's rules to be had. There's bylaws to be followed. 
I, I mean, it's it's a little wild west on the other side. So you have to be prepared for that. There's more regulatory protection for oh, everyone involved when you're working with uh, licensed and qualified agents. Exactly. Yeah, I am actually a elected member to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Commission, which is the regulatory body for agents in this province. So I know it pretty intimately. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's not something that I, I think that the lay person should be attempting to do on their own. You know, and I, I think there's part of human nature, too, where, you know, and we've chatted about this in the past, where unless they see value in, in being with an agent, if they don't see value, they're going to do something else or try to do something else. But it's even, the you know, the things we were talking about just a little earlier in the segment about, you know, this is probably how far you can push this seller if you're a buyer. You don't want to go over this. You don't want to, you know, if you write this offer, I think it's low, it's below market, you're probably going to annoy them and you're reducing the opportunity of you actually eventually buying this home if it's a home you want. That comes from doing transaction after transaction oh, after thousands. transaction after transaction. Yeah, thousands of transactions over 27 years now, I guess. that Obviously, you, you get a lot of experience. You've been through a lot of these situations and scenarios, and a lot of them are similar. Occasionally, one comes along where I'll think, wow, that hasn't happened before. But for the most part, I know where it's headed. So yeah. I can tell the buyer this, or I can tell the seller this. And, and you'll end up just running in circles. You yes. know, if, if, otherwise, if you don't have the good advice, you'll literally be running around the track again and again and again and again and again instead of getting someone with a great track record to give you great advice. Well, and that's what I felt for this private sale fellow. And, and I mean, he was kind of at a loss at this point. He's finding houses that he likes and nobody's taking his offers. Well, mm. that's because you've got a house that's not on the market. You need to list your house and you have to sell it first. And then you'll come in with a little bit better of an offer. Well, because then you'll be a qualified buyer as right. opposed to a conditional buyer. The conditional buyers are harder to sell. And, yeah. and uh, you know, pe- people often think, well, I can try it. Why don't I give it a try? I can put it on the market. How hard can it be? They soon figure out how hard it can be. No, yeah, because in many cases it can be really difficult. In many cases, and I've always thought, you know, especially in this kind of a market, you need two top agents on either side of the equation to try to get a deal to come together, to try to make a transaction happen. In so many cases, your odds of being successful, whether you're the buyer or the seller, are so much higher, it seems to me, if you've got two top agents. Yep. If you have a good agent on both ends, most of the time those deals go together. That one I'm talking about with the buyer and the seller where we're in the bit of the renegotiation after the home inspection. We have two good agents. Well, myself is one, I'd mm-hmm. like to think anyway. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm confident that one's going to go together. But leaving them to, if we had left the buyer and seller with Without us, I, they never would have put that deal together. Wouldn't happen. That's always great having you in. Great. Thanks, Dave. Looking to buy or sell? Turn the key. Call Lori today. 591-5192. The website, lorisells.ca. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate with Lori Patrick of Century 21 Dome Realty, Inc.